What's going on, friends? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Dieting from the Inside Out, where uh, you're never going to struggle losing weight again, because that's what we're about here. Welcome to the show. My name is Jared Hamilton. If you are new to these parts, I'm really grateful that you're here. Um, I am in catch-up mode like crazy right now. I have I have been in a, the busiest travel schedule lately. If you've been following me on social, I'm... Um, I think I'm traveling like six, I'm sorry, like four times in like six weeks. And like, that's a lot for me. I have, I have friends who schedule, who travel like every, like every week, but like four times in six weeks is a lot. So that's kind of like what I've been doing. If you want to keep up with that, just follow my Instagram stories. But anyway, um, I am grateful for you and that you're here. Um, Yeah. Welcome to the show. Now, today we have a really cool, cool podcast planned um, with a very special guest that I'm sure you guys are not going to be be new to. He's kind of a big deal. So, uh, But before we get into the goods, I want to have our official sponsor section of the the show. So Maz, Maz, thank you to um, Matt. Wow. I words, I guess. Words are hard today. Anyway, mad thank you, mad props to the sponsors of the show. Big thank you to Flex Pro Meals for keeping me all sorts of taken care of because part of this game with being traveling all the time and schedules being unpredictable and things being all over the fucking place. Um, I meals are all over the place. Literally, like I'm so out of my routine. It's unreal. So having a fridge full of Flex Pro Meals, um, keeping things cheaper than fast food, but on point with my goals and letting me like spend my time not cooking and preparing and just like doing my thing. And then I'm just like, oh, I need to eat microwave done and I, I, I'm good to go. And it's in line with my goals. It just makes times like this way simpler and way easier. So um, huge thank you to them. If that's kind of your cup of tea and you're like, yeah, I don't have time to do anything or cook or even eat right. Or by the time I do get home from work and overtime and soccer practice and school and whatever, and you just need something like that, I'm telling you, you should absolutely check out Flex Pro Meals. They're way more affordable than you think. I think they have meals as low with like my discount as like like uh, like under $7 a meal, which is like half the price of fast food. I went through Wendy's the other day and I was like $14 for a meal. Like that's just stupid. Anyway, um, definitely check that out in the description or just go to flexpromeals.com. But if you use my code, uh, it not only supports me and I thank you for that, but it also saves you a lot of money, saves you like 20%. So definitely check out that other sponsor is first form. Again, I'm always rocking a first form shirt because they're comfy as fuck, but Huge thank you to First Form. Guys, you know that supplements are not everything, but they absolutely have their time and their place. Again, with me being all over the place with traveling and like school or not school or uh, not school work stuff being crazy, scheduling being nuts. I, I, my, my, my stuff has not been where it should be, or it's just way harder to make it where it should be. So having things like, whether it be like my vitamins or my protein powder or what have you just makes things easier. Like I'm not sleeping as well. Inflammation is higher taking things like fish oil and my joint stuff. It just makes it easier having a little bit of grounds taken care of on that stuff. So it's a big deal. If you're not sure where to get started with supplements, I actually have a YouTube video below. So you should check that out. Um, but otherwise, if you want some free shipping, because who likes paying for shipping now? Um, Amazon kind of fucked us all over on that one. We all know none of us pay for shipping. So then when a company is like, oh, yeah, shipping, it's like, why are you doing that? Definitely check out the link below because I have a free shipping link down there. But otherwise, that's it for the show. Be sure you're subscribed. Um, if you're not also like watching this on YouTube, like what the fuck are you doing? If you like to watch your shows and not just listen to them, I'm really pouring into YouTube as well. And I'm going to be making some like medium form content there because right now on my YouTube, I have either short form, super short form content like YouTube shorts, like under a minute or really long format stuff, which is like the podcast here. So um, definitely check out my YouTube and be sure and subscribe if you'd like to, if you'd rather watch the show. But anyway, let's get into today's episode because I'm super excited. Um, 
So today I'm interviewing a very good friend of mine. His name is Carter Good. So it's his Instagram handle is at Carter Good. But he's uh, he's been doing the online coaching thing uh, around the same time as me, I believe. But he uh, his channel exploded like back in the Instagram infographic days. His account took off. He's kind of a big deal in the uh, sustainable weight loss space and in the Instagram space. Um, he's a great dude, great great dude. And um, the thing is, I want to get Carter on and talk about is a couple different things. Um, Cause Carter has lost like uh, over a hundred pounds on his own before he started, before he started his coaching business, but lost over a hundred pounds on his own. Um, so right out the gate. Um, so right out the gate, sorry if you can hear, th- I, I feel like I just heard a chainsaw. I don't know. My, my neighbors are like cha- doing something with chainsaws like next door. And I'm like, I didn't hear them chainsawing for like a couple hours. So I'm like, okay, maybe I can record this real quick, but either way, we're going to keep rolling. But um, anyway, Carter is a great dude and he's not only lost hundred pounds on his own. Um, but Carter also, the re- this is, this was the biggest reason I wanted to get him on. Cause he's lost over hundred pounds and kept it off for like the last five years. So like that alone is a big deal. A lot of value there, a lot of tactics and gold nuggets there. But here's the thing. Carter's life, like lifestyle is not like conducive for weight loss, right? Like it's not like if you see how much he like travels and see how like the foods he eats and sees how like, like he loves alcohol and like has this like pretty, like, like going to music festivals or whatever, like his life and day to day is not very conducive for fat loss, but that motherfucker has been able to keep his hundred over hundred pounds off and live his best life in not a fitnessy way like that you would be thinking for most people. Um, so it's, it's actually a really, really good conversation. And I think you'll get a lot of value on it on how to not just have a life altering transformation, but also how to live your life and actually experience your life. Because too often we lose weight and we become trapped by the one thing we thought we wanted. Right? How many times have you lost weight? And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so terrified to keep, to, to keep it off. And then you end up like not going out and not enjoying your life and things like that. So that's what we get into today. So I will shut up now and get move on to the clip where Carter and I are actually having the interview. I love you. Be sure to stick around for the whole thing. You'll want to stay for the end. I will talk to you in a second. So how are you, dude? How are, how are things? I feel like it's been so long since we've actually like talked. I know, man. Things are going well. Um, you know, still kicking it down here in Austin. Um, life-wise, had some bigger changes, but... Um, uh, business-wise too, I guess. I think everything's changing. Business definitely in a good direction. Um, I mean, I think we're kind of in a similar boat where we reached the point of like having to make a decision on like, all right, where are we taking this, right? Are we going to have to scale it or are we going to have to uh, figure out your own systems? And so it's been it's been challenging, obviously. Some different roles like leadership role now is, is definitely interesting. Something that's like was never really my uh, forte. I would say still not necessarily my forte, but you know, kind of a necessary part of the process if you're trying to, you know, scale yourself. So yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been cool. Like watching like your progression over the years, like, cause did, I think you and I got started around the same time ish. Right. Like, and then, um, like, it's just, it's been super cool watching like from a distance, like how your stuff has grown and like where it's at now compared to like where it was. It's just like, it's just crazy, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, no, it's nuts on all, on all sides. Yeah. I mean, it's actually funny. Me and Matt McLeod, uh, we're talking about like, uh, just like the, um, there's like a subset of like coaches who kind of started around the era whenever like Mike Vacanti and Jordan Syatt were bigger and like we've worked with Syatt, right? Like, and so, um, it's just funny how like, there's like a, a small pocket of us who have like obviously gotten to the point now where we're like, you know, pretty, we put in the work and been pretty successful with it and stuff. But, um, yeah, we've all kind of followed like a similar path of growth. 
It's 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 super cool and like because it, it's crazy to see like because a lot of the other people that started like when we started they're like they're they fallen off they like have normal jobs and like you know you got to do what you got to do but like the small pocket of people like I can only list like a small handful like you me McLeod, um you know a few others that like that we all kind of got to know each other back like was that 2017 2017 yeah. yeah yeah it's just it's just it's just crazy man back when like instagram uh instagram infographics was like the kick the thing <laughs> yeah but the simple Insta- is yeah well now now instagram's not even like technically a photo platform like their ceo said we are now a video platform and it's fucking crazy but yeah. Now the question is, when are you getting on TikTok? Is the question. Hey, I'm there now. I'm there are you now. There? So I'm posting some stuff now. Yeah, okay. I've been getting more into it. Um, again, it's definitely been a bigger switch for me. Like you're pretty natural on camera and you enjoy it. Like um, it's not my favorite way of like uh, communicating content, but obviously, you know, you kind of kind of go where things are are moving towards. So I have been posting more on on TikTok and stuff. I haven't got a lot of traction there yet, but um, I'm basically doing like. Everything I make is basically so it can fit on reels, TikTok, and uh, and shorts on YouTube. Yeah. It's funny. People will ask me, like other coaches will ask me, like my tactics with all with how I do content. There's so little tactic. I'm just like, I want to vomit everywhere. Yeah. Like I'm, if I can make it a video, it's going everywhere and I don't give a fuck. And that's like my content strategy. But I love it. Well, for those of you that may not, for those people listening that may not know who Carter Good is, um, give like your little like mini, like who the fuck you are and like why they should listen to you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, similar to Jared, I, uh, run an online fitness coaching company. Um, a, a big creator. So I, I have like a, uh, pretty big following on Instagram. That's kind of where I got started with coaching. Um, just posting free content and, you know, went the whole route of, um, you know, working with people one-on-one online. And, um, you know, Jared, I think you and I are, our messages like align pretty similarly yeah, around like how we approach fitness and like, um, you know, how we want to work with people and how we want to help people, yep. uh, you know, create a positive change. And so, um, for me, it, it kind of started, I, I used to weigh, so, um, I got into fitness back around 17 years old, I think. Uh, so I used to weigh like over 300 pounds. Um, I had a huge weight loss transformation, lost like over 140 pounds at like to get to my lightest weight at the time. Um, and, you know, probably similar to you, Jared, like I did everything the wrong way, right? I had tried and failed every diet up to that point. And then even when I lost weight in the beginning, it was, it was kind of one of those situations where I found uh, something that worked, but it was super restrictive, unsustainable, unenjoyable, and had to sort of work backward after losing around a hundred pounds to figure out, okay, this isn't going to work long-term. And that's what kind of dove me into, you know, doing a lot of my own research and reading and learning about nutrition and all this, um, to get me to a point where, um, once I sort of discovered, you know, flexible dieting and like, you know, this other approach to fitness, it kind of felt like this need that I need to tell everyone about this, right? I think more people need to understand this. And so that's kind of where it's all been, fueled from. And I've been doing that since about 2000, like we said, 2017, 2018. I love that so much, dude. Like I, like, I think people who don't have that much, like people who are trying to lose like 10, like 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds, like going from that to like, what was your, like, what was your, what was your like big weight? It was, it was it right over at a hundred or was it a hundred something? So I lost, um, so my heaviest weight, uh, that was recorded cause I have one of those scales that would like keep track of oh, yeah. the weight. <laughs> um, so it was 305 pounds on the scale. And then my lightest weight I ever got to was like 158 pounds. That's um, crazy. But like no muscle or any, I, I kind of yeah, looked yeah. Like, a, like a skeleton. I was like, I was like unsustainably lean. Mm. Cause I was so obsessed with like getting the six pack and doing all that. Sure. But that was kind of my biggest gap. I, I, I sit around like 180 right now, 185. Um, so the biggest weight was like 145 pounds, basically. 
Like, and that's the thing is, is for you is especially whether like, you know, from your perspective of going through this yourself and then how you teach it now with clients, is there a different headspace side of a headspace in mindset side of this going from like, Oh shit, I've only got a 20 pounds to lose versus I have easily 120 pounds to lose. Like, is there a massive difference for you from like the expectation headspace side of that long of a journey? Yeah. I mean, I think expectations for sure, right? And definitely setting realistic expectations for people because again, if you have 20 pounds to lose versus 120 pounds to lose, I mean, like mindset stuff aside, right? That's inevitably going to be a much different length of a journey to get to wherever you're going. But I think that like when somebody comes to me, whether they have five pounds to lose or 120 pounds to lose, there's like basic like mental shifts that have to happen regardless. Because what I always do is um, I'm really big on just like reverse engineering the process, right? Of like, okay, let's think of like the dream outcome of like who you want to be. Like, how do you carry yourself? Like, what's your relationship with food? Like, how is exercise incorporated into your life? Um, helping them paint this picture of this dream outcome of where they want to be. And then we work backwards, right? So for the person who needs to lose 20 pounds, the journey might be shorter, but I'm still going to want to get them to lose those 20 pounds in a way that's already setting them up for success once they've lost it. And the same thing with the person who has 120 pounds to lose. Uh, it's it's interesting. Like, I want to say on that, like, I think most people don't ever set a dream outcome. Like one of my biggest, biggest things is I see so many people. It's, I always fuck up when I say this, they make the process, the goal, like they don't like, like, cause if we think about it, weight loss, losing 50 pounds is the process to the goal over here. It's like we drive to get to Disneyland, but you don't get excited about the drive. You get excited about Disney. Right. So, but I think so many people get stuck in this place of, of no, I, I, the goal is to lose 50 pounds and they forget like, well, no, that's the process to the goal of the dream outcome. Do you find, do you find people have trouble? Like, oh, I've never thought about what my dream outcome is. Yeah. Well, um, just really quickly. Cause like, it's ironic that you said that. Cause yesterday I made this post. I said, um, you know, pro tip, your goal isn't to lose weight. Your goal is to eat better and move better so that you can feel better, look better and be better in other areas of your life. Weight loss is just a side effect of these changes that lets you know you're moving in the right direction. So right along with what you're right. saying, right? I think that people get, because it's hard because the reality is if you have 120 pounds to lose, you're going to lose weight, right? And if yeah. you're not losing weight, something's not clicking, right? right. Um, but it is, it is difficult to get people to shift their thinking of weight loss as that is more of a way of telling you that you're on the right path versus like the, making it the goal itself. Right. Um, and it is a hard mindset for, for people. I think, it, and funny enough, I think it's actually more difficult for people who have less weight to lose because the people who have 120 pounds to lose, like it's just more so from like a mechanistic standpoint, they're going to lose weight more easily, especially in the beginning. Right. Because there's a lot of things that um, they're going to lose weight really quite fast. But if somebody has like 10 to 20 pounds to lose, the reality is, is like, there's going to be weeks they don't lose weight. There's going to be a moment, like it's going to be. And so like, I often find that those are the clients who are often more weight obsessed and struggling with getting over that uh, more than anything else, just because they've been telling themselves this, these are 20 pounds. It's a problem. We need to lose these 20 pounds. Mm. You know, it's, it's interesting you bring that up. Cause I, I would totally, <clears throat> I would totally agree with that. Um, like we'll have clients that like have a visible six pack, but they're like, no, I have to get veins going up my abs or like, oh my gosh, I f or, they, or they're scared to take a maintenance break or a diet period, or, or I'm sorry, like a diet break or a maintenance period because they're like, I can feel myself getting fat as you can still see the striations in their obliques versus the person who has like a hundred. They're like, I just want to feel better and like, don't really care. That, that's the biggest thing, right? Because the person who has that much weight to lose is having a lot more 
like things restricted in their life from just enjoyment of life, quality of life than the person who just has 20 pounds loose. Cause there's probably a chance that like maybe they're 20 pounds overweight, but they're not, that doesn't, they're not significantly overweight, right? It's not having a major impact on their health in this very moment. So sometimes like it's harder to, to get motivated or, or it's harder to like, you know, focus on those things because there's just less significant changes in, in a rate of time. So you're definitely right there. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So I was wondering, one of the things I was wanting to ask you on here, cause I think like one of the reasons like I love your story so much is not only have you had the, like the, the stupid transformation, but you've, and you've kept it off forever, but then you also don't have the most optimized fitness life, right? Like, 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 like between travel, running a business, having a, having a, a relationship, having friendships in somewhere like Austin, where you're, there's always stuff to do. You're going out yeah. to eat, um, like margaritas, like the whole nine yards. Yeah. So, so for, but you've kept your weight off for mm-hmm. ever. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's been years. You've kept your, you haven't like regressed and gone back to 305 Carter. So what were some of the, like, what are some of the keys, if you will, not to sound fucking like a Hallmark card, but like, like for you, what are some of the keys from that, from yourself and that you teach your clients to, to do that, to keep the weight off. But also like you, like most people that we see, they'll lose the weight, but now they're trapped by their own success right now. They like want to live in a hole cause they're scared of gaining fat again, but you've been able to not just do that, but you live a great life with that's not very fitness optimized. So how talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of uh, things that come to mind there. Um, one is going back to what we were talking about with like expectation setting. And the reality is, so like for people who are listening, like, you know, I'm a fitness coach, but like I joke around and say that like, but I'm not like a fitness person. Like I like fitness is a part of my life. It's not my my whole life. And if anything, being a fitness coach has made me like less, I almost don't like yes. this as much as I used to because it's all I ever talk about. Absolutely. Um, but in saying that, what I've had to, you know, basically with myself become okay with is like, the reality is if I'm going out to eat as frequently as I do, drinking alcohol, traveling in this, I have to be okay with the fact that I am not going to be able to be as optimal from a physique standpoint and from like a muscle building standpoint as I could be. And I, it, for me, the switch came whenever I had an honest conversation with myself and realized like, like, why am I doing this? And I, and I actually realized at one point, I actually don't care to be the most must. I don't care about having a, a clear six pack. Like it's not, it's not actually not as important to me as I thought it was. I think it's sort of like for a while as a fitness coach, I was thinking I need to be in the best shape, right? Cause people will want to work with me if I'm not. And, um, I was stuck in this thing of like, I've made so much of my life about fitness. Like I need to keep, you know, dialing in that and I need to make all my life choices be around that. But um, I think when I gave myself the permission to be, hey, it's okay to be 15 pounds heavier. You're still in a healthy body weight range. Um, if anything, maybe healthier. Um, and it gives me the freedom to be able to do these other things. So I think that's the best, biggest thing is like, are you okay with not being as lean as you possibly could be because of the lifestyle that you live. And so that was a big thing, I think mentally. Um, but then as far as like keeping it off, um, and everyone's different, but I'm a big rule person. Like I like to have rules with myself that, um, not necessarily from a place of restriction, but just as from a place of like holding myself to a certain standard on things. Right. Um, and so for example, like if I know that I'm going out to eat one day, right? Like I'm already setting myself up for success before I go out to eat. Right. Maybe it's like on a day like that, I will follow more of like a fasting approach, right? Where I have one, I push a meal back or whatever. Um, I'll like get my workout in ahead of time. I'll already like for me, the biggest thing is and definitely what got me to be over 300 pounds was just like 
just food in the house, just snacking. Like it's, I'm a, I'm a late night snacker. And so for me, like, I just don't keep things in the house, you know? Um, and I always get pushed back against that from people who say like, well, I don't want to do that. And my big thing with like teaching people moderation, which is kind of something you have to have if you want to maintain your success is you can't have moderation until you've proven to yourself that you don't need something. Right. And so people are trying to create moderation after not having any moderation. And it's like, doesn't work that way. And for me, I've recognized like there are just things that they're in the house, they get consumed. And so for me, the best approach is just to not have those things in the house. Or if I do bring things into the house, like it's, it's like a smaller package and I have it and then it's done. Right. And so, and there's like a ton of different small things that I do like that. But a lot of it's just like creating an environment where it's easier to stay on track. And I don't have to rely on, on willpower all the time, knowing that I have a lot of moments whenever I am going out and, and splurging and not worrying about it. I love that, man. Like, I think it's interesting, like, like the self-awareness piece of that is like, is so underrated because like it, none of what you said is like, you never said certain things are bad. You never said like, there's certain foods you can have free for alls with. You never said that like, oh, I shouldn't have Oreos. But you also bring up a point that like, I know for me that if it's in the house, it's going to get eaten. And I don't want to work hard and have the, I don't want to work half to, the harder and have to max out my discipline muscles and willpower. I was just rather like, like not have it there. And if I want it, I have to like go get it. And I think that's so underrated. Well, and people don't realize like we live in like a, you know, our biology hasn't changed much since like, you know, our, what's changed a lot is our lifestyles and the amount of stress that we're encountering on a day-to-day basis. And like you and I both as business owners, like we live stressful lives and like having these things in the house are just going to add more stress already. So I already know I'm like in a vulnerable situation, knowing that like by the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm pooped. Right. And I'm tired. And like, if there's food in the house, I'm going to reach for it. And so I purposefully don't, that's why I don't keep them in the house. Cause I know that I will like have them. Right. It's just a matter of time. Um, and like you said, it's not that these things are bad. It's not that I can't have these things. It's more just understanding myself and knowing that, Hey, and there are certain things that, like there's a halo top has these like called like halo pops. They're like these little ice cream bars. They sent me some. Like, yeah. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, really? was, I think it was either halo top or quest had like, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. And they sent me some. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, those are like things I love to have in the house because they're like individually packaged and like, they're not things that I'm like, I'm going to eat all six of them now that come in the right. box. Right. Um, whereas like, if I have like, I used to buy these like huge family size peanut M&Ms that have like a zip and everything. Bro, I would literally so I would slam them like it's no one's business, right? And so, um, so yeah, I think it's like I found things that I can have that I don't struggle to control. Um, and then other things I just don't have in the house or once a week, I'll, I'll grab them and have them, right? But yeah, I think it's a matter of just like not making these things so accessible um, is, is really key, I think. I, I totally agree. Uh, one of my favorite habit books, I'm sure you, I think you've, you may have read it. Have you read uh, Atomic Habits, James, James oh, yeah. Clear's book? And oh, yeah. like, I actually just made a, a post on this is t- the concept of like, just th- whatever's out in the ordinary and not hidden, you're going to do. If I want to get really good at guitar, I should probably have it in the living room and not in my closet. Actually, I give this analogy. Um, so I ever, like I play drums. I don't know if you know, you know, I play drums. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I think uh, I've seen at, a video or something. Yeah, yeah. So at my old house, um, my office or our garage, what it was, um, my drum kit was out in the garage. Like a lot of my older videos, you could see it behind me. Um, at our new house, it's in the basement. Well, my studio where I'm recording this is in the upstairs. So for me to go to my drums, I have to go down one set of stairs into my living room with like my wife and my dogs and all that. And then I have to go down a second set of stairs all the way to the basement that doesn't have anything else in it other than like storage and my drum kit. So I would play my, I would at my old house, play my drums like almost every other day. Like I'm between calls. I'll play something real quick. Just having fun. We've been in this new house for probably six months. I haven't played the kit once just because it's on a side, it's on a mine. It's not out in the open in the obvious. So, but I love how you, how you worded that with your stuff where you're just like, I just make it harder to get to less accessible. It's easy to smash a whole bag of chips or a whole whatever versus it's, it's harder, even if it's in the house to those individually wrapped pop, like uh, ice cream pops, like you have to like, Oh wow. I have to undo six of these to binge on them. Or then I have the awareness of, Oh, I really ate six of them versus unconsciously just hitting a tub of ice cream. Yeah, no, exactly, man. And then like another tip with that too, I think a lot like some pushback I get with that is like, well, I have a spouse and like who 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 wants these certain things too. And so something I'll do, me and my girlfriend Julie, like she has no issue. Like she she'll eat seven chips and be like, that's all I needed, and put the bag away, right? <laughs> and so it's just like completely different mindset. Um, but what we'll do is like, and it sounds silly, I know it sounds silly saying this, but like, you know. I think it's important to first recognize that like these foods are engineered to make them un- irresistible. Like it's not you, yeah. it's the foods, right? So, Hyper- so hyperpalatable, off, absolutely. So understand that, right? It's not like you have a problem. It's like, you know, this as a human being, look, you, your body's craving these things, like, right? Even though you don't need them. And so like what we'll do is like, instead of like, buying a bunch of stuff all at once, like, so she, she's like, really loves like salt and vinegar chips. And I do as well. But um, one of us can have it Every once in a while, and one of us will eat the whole bag. What we'll do is like we buy one bag, and it's it's established that those are like Julie's chips, right? I so love like, that. So they're in the house, but like if I eat the chips, it's You're like Julie's. I'm eating her food, and it's like you know what I'm saying it's kind of like having a roommate in that. I kind of treat it almost as if like you have a roommate, and like that's their food, and like that for me is enough. I'm like it's going to be weird if I just eat all of her chips. Now she doesn't have any left for later, so that's why I don't eat them, right? And so again. It can sound weird, but like, you know, having that conversation with her and being honest, saying, you understand how I am and like, I can't have these certain things. And so like, or I just don't, you know, personally like to have them. And so creating those labels even of like, this is yours, this is mine works really well for us. That's well, it, what's funny. I haven't talked about it in a while, but I would, I would, I bring that up on a more of a one-on-one conversation level. Like, cause like moms that have like their kids and their kids eating all the stuff and they're like, how do I not? I go, that is, that is little Timmy's chocolate. That is not mommy's chocolate. If mommy wants chocolate, the gas station's down the road and mommy can go get her Snickers bar, but you do not eat Timmy's chocolate. That's their food. And um, cause I think it's interesting. I think some people right at, like when you said you get some pushback on this, I think, cause like at the end of the day, like one of the biggest things that I preach is like all about food relationships and all of that kind of stuff where like making things from the inner game as good as possible. And I think people out the gate would be like, Oh, this is, this is not good. But I think I would go so far to, I would bet your relationship with food and the overall effort you have to put into this is the best it could probably ever be. Yeah, no, for sure. Right. And I think it goes back to like the 
I don't feel like I'm not allowing myself to have these things. It's more I've just made these concessions with myself, knowing myself, right? And um, and I just, you know, stick with that. And, and you know, we do this in all kinds of other areas of our life. Like, you know, people who can't get out of bed, they realize like, okay, I need to put my alarm on the other side of the room, right? Versus just like whatever it is. And so it's understanding, I guess the, the goal is like understanding what you're good at and doubling down on it and then understanding what you're not as good at. And then f- instead of like, fighting it, like finding ways to limit, I guess, the impact of what you're not as good at, right? Yeah, well, I love that so much because we hear the conversation around boundaries with other people, right? Like if you have a, let's say your ex, like an ex-wife is kind of toxic and tries to be manipulative, so we put boundaries down. Or like you have that friend who is takes advantage of you or whatever, we talk about boundaries. Um, I mean, hell, we have a lock on our front door for a reason because it's for people who don't want to, who don't like it there, right? Like at the end of the day, boundaries are for people who don't like them there, but most people totally sacrifice their own well-being in different cases because we're not willing to have boundaries with ourselves. I think that's like to simplify everything that you've said is you've just had self-awareness and you put boundaries in with yourself and then you hold that standard. You know what I mean? Yes. No, absolutely. So for people, do you have anything on, on, along those lines for people who are really bad about holding the boundary or that standard with themselves, right? That it goes back to like, well, I know what to do. I just don't do it. Like, do you think that's just a, they don't want a bad enough kind of conversation? Or do you think it's deeper where if someone's like, no, I set these boundaries for myself. I say, I'm going to start over Monday and I don't, or I say, I'm going to um, not eat the whole bag of chips or I'm going to portion it in baggies, but then I just eat the whole thing. and I don't care. Do you have any, anything you handle with that? Yeah. So, I mean, kind of touching on what you said about like not wanting it enough. I think that's at times a thing, but I think oftentimes it's kind of goes back to the, the place of like, listen, like habit change is hard. And like, you know, I think you and I both probably have several things that we say we want to do, but we never do. Without that, a right? doubt. Right. And so I think it's first like, giving yourself some grace in that and saying like, listen, it's not uncommon for this to be a, a like a problem. Right. Um, and so doing that, then I think, if you've established that like this is important to you, right? Which I think is still an important conversation to have. It's I'm not like uh, you just don't want it bad enough kind of yeah, person. Yeah. <laughs> However, I do think some people haven't had an honest enough conversation with themselves to really say, am I in a place where I'm actually willing to create the sacrifices needed to do this? But assuming that that has been in place, I think one of the best things that you can do is you know, creating accountability with yourself is hard, but um, or having discipline with yourself is hard, but one way to work around it is to create accountability with somebody else, right? And obviously with coaching, that's what you get there, but it doesn't have to be coaching. In that scenario, it could be having that conversation with your spouse who should be on your side, right? If they're not, that's another problem to to address, right? (laughs) Right? Something else we got to work about. But like, like being okay with being honest with important people in your life who want to see you succeed and telling them, hey, this is what I struggle with. Um, Because the problem is if you just rely on yourself, like, it's going to be really hard to like stick to it unless you have like this, you're, you're like one, you know, one this track David mind. Goggins do, vibe yeah. Unless you. <laughs> you're Goggins energy. Right. But most people aren't going to be that way. Right. Um, and they're, cause they're too busy and they're, they have all these things going on. So I think it's really important to s- speak with the people who are in your immediate environment, who are um, around you, people in your house and explaining how important your goals are and asking them to help you in that and to like, um, and, and even like, you know, with, you know, Julie, even like, like she has full permission to like, if, um, in different areas of life saying like, Hey, you know, you told me that you want me to help you with this. And like, she has like full, um, 
uh, what is the word? Like permission uh, to call you out permission, on it? Permission yeah. to like call me out on it constructively because we're on the same page, right? right? Like, I think that's where some people are like, you know, and I've told her that she can do that versus getting mad at her when she does it. Because I literally told her to, right? People have to be, I guess, embracing of accountability and like willing to, willing to take it too. But I think that's, that's huge. It's just making it bigger than yourself, especially while you're developing discipline in the beginning. I think it's, I think that's an interesting point to bring up where I see so many people, like we see this with clients a lot where they're like, well, my husband, this, my kids, this, and they're, they're talking about it from like, it's a really hard thing. Like, well, I'm have these goals, but my husband just does this or says this, or I need want this and my kids do this, this, and this. And I just go, have you actually had an adult constructive conversation and communicated this? And they go, oh, well, no. And I go, you married this motherfucker. (laughs) Do you think he would be receptive if you, if, cause I can tell you, and I can, and I'll tell them, I can tell you right now, him saying that, I know it doesn't feel good, but I bet he doesn't mean it maliciously. I bet he just is unaware because we're all fucking meatheads. So, but I bet if you went to your husband and said, Hey honey, I know you probably don't mean it like this, but this bothers me when you say, say this about my weight or about with food, or I'm really trying to do better with this, but you bringing this into the house and this facet and just, Oh, it's fine. Just it's one meal or whatever it is. Like have that conversation and nine times out of 10, it always goes well. And if it doesn't, you're probably married to a piece of shit. <laughs> that, was, that was like saying now, now it's time to figure out. Now we got to talk about conversation, like uh, actually have a conversation with your spouse and communication. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. But like most people though, have never had like whatever that struggle is. Like if it's another person is involved, having that adult conversation and communicating it uh, with equanimity where you're like emotionally neutral and okay. It's like that solves a lot of the issues right there. You know, yeah, that's. I mean, that's again. Like now, we're we're, we're now therapy podcast, but like <laughs> it is, it is like you know, people I think make assumptions is like one of yeah. the biggest problems in relationships, right? They they I assume that they know this is important to me, but like you have to remember, even your spouse, like most of the time they're thinking about themselves, right? They're not selfish, but they're self full, right? Like they're they they think for themselves, and so like if you're not clearly communicating things, then like it's not their fault if they are do it doing stuff right and so and again you would hope that like by sharing these things like as your spouse they would honor it and and respect it and like honestly probably be happy to know what is their boundaries are with some of these things and like how whatever they can do to help you well I mean, yeah i mean just like case in point it may be one of those things where like the husband is trying to like once doesn't want you to feel like he thinks you should lose weight so he's like no honey it's fine to start over monday and you're like why is my husband derailing me but like that's it. It's it's kind of like the love language thing. My it, totally unrelated to weight loss. My wife and I recently had this where we've been going super hard with our communication skills. We like started going to couples therapy just to make sure we're every we're on the best level we can. Um, fun fact: starting levels of therapy while things are good is the best move that's ever. Exactly. Um, thousand percent and, on board and that. here's what here's what happened i'm up here in my studio most of the day like with work and co- content and all that and let's say my wife is down downstairs where we li- live right that's where the kitchen the living room the dogs like all that's at but i was trying to connect to, with her by like periodically throughout the day just popping down there getting a water getting some food hey honey what's up love you that kind of thing coming back up here but I was trying to, 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 to connect, but because it was such the vibe of my ADHD self going down there blah, 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 and coming back up, it felt very hollow on her end in looking at it from her perspective. I'm like, Oh, I could totally see how that would seem very hollow. Like Jared comes down all fired up and Jared, like blah, 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 blah. And then he disappears. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to connect with my wife in the middle of the day. But on her perspective, it was very hollow. So it's like, it causes disconnect, but we had a conversation about that. 
And all of a sudden now we have, uh, I know things I can do when I go downstairs to make sure she feels connected. Maybe I need to take an extra five minutes. Maybe I need to talk, actually ask her how her day's been instead of just telling her how my day's been or whatever. Um, but we didn't know that we both thought we were doing the right thing, but it turned out there was some friction there, but now things are great because we communicated. And I think so many issues around weight loss in the spouse can be solved in the exact same way. Exactly. No, you're hundred percent right. Um, I'm curious. I know you mentioned it earlier. Um, I, I just got my brain rolling after you said it. That's how like my weird brain works is you'll like, we'll be talking about something. Then like part of my brain's off over here, like dissecting it. Then I'm like, Oh, Hey, I want to talk about that again. Um, when you said that you had to have that honest conversation with yourself about, you know, do I, I don't think I want what I think I want anymore. Did you find there was this internal resistant or resistance or almost like a weird judgment on yourself for like, you wanted to be the, the shredded six pack Carter. Right. And you got the, and then like, now you're like, I don't think I want that. Like, I'm going to stay like healthy and in shape and, but I don't like want the thing I thought I wanted anymore. Was there any like disconnect around that? Oh, for sure. Right. And I think it goes back to like, people get attached to like their own identities of who they think they are. But like, I don't think people don't realize like they're like who they are now is not like the actions that they take or stuff. Even their goals is not necessarily who they actually are. And so for me in that process, it was a, it was a moment of like reflection on can I be okay with my goals changing? Right. Cause that's okay too. And, and like, you know, you, you change, people grow, people, you know, change their minds, people, um, you know, have different priorities in their life. And so for me, I think it was a, a matter of like being able to make the, ch- cause I think that the reason I was so resistant to it for so long was because it felt like I was being lazy or that like I, like, uh, was no longer, um, uh, like sticking to like the goals I set for myself. Um, but, you know, the more like journaling and just like reflection on it, it's like realizing, oh, wait, it's more just the fact that I've just shifted what's important to me in my life. And and that's okay. And so I think whenever that aha moment happened for me, that's when it made it a lot easier and kind of got me just away from being so obsessed with like appearance and like um, those things. It was like a matter of like learning to be okay with changing my mind and moving into a different direction. I think people get really sucked into like, this is who I am. I have this job. I do this thing. And then that's it. And like, they, they, they're scared of like, you know, changing things. I think a lot of it's like sunk cost fallacies in there. Like there's a lot of, a lot of things around, like they, they just create an identity and then they just keep trying to live in that identity, but never like have a reflection with themselves on like reviewing, is this still my goal? Is this still what I'm trying to do? Right. And if it's not like, it's important to change that. Right. Cause then you're just going to con- cause for a while it just came, I was even struggling to get more results because there was so much resistance around, I thought that I needed to do this thing, but my actions didn't line up with it. And I almost, and I had some like insecurity around like, I'm a fitness coach and I'm not even able to stick to my own goals right now of getting leaner. And then I had to realize, oh, wait a minute. It's because like my goals have changed and like, that's okay. Um, and that's when I felt like, and it's funny how even whenever I did that, like I even like lost some weight after that and got like leaner just from like taking the pressure off of just trying to reach a goal that. that yeah. It's it's interesting. Like we, we see that with clients a lot. The ones that are most obsessed about the scale, as soon as they quit giving a fuck about the scale, it drops. Or like um like we have some people that we work with who like, let's say whether this isn't our our, our average client, but like they, let's say they used to be a competitor or they used to be like a really like a big athlete or they got like stupid shredded, like fucking ab veins to their fuck from their like groin to their face, like super, super shredded. Um, 
And then now it's like, oh, I've got to like undo all this, not undo it, but it's like your metabolism's fucked. It's not healthy. It was disordered when you did it. And then coming out of that and they're just like, I don't know how to like, I, I don't know how to like let go of this mental hurdle. Do you ever, you ever, does that ever happen with some of your, your people, like with the people you work with who like, they, they know that they like, they've lost their period, hair's getting thin. They know they need to come out of that, like reverse and maintenance and restore all that. But there's so much resistance. Do you ever see that a lot? Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's, again, that's on both sides, right? Of like, or like both like being way too lean and knowing that they need to do more versus like people who like haven't been honest with themselves about like how much they've been eating and all these, all these things too. Yeah. And you know, the thing with those situations, and I'm sure you know this too. I mean, that's kind of where the art of coaching comes into play yeah, because absolutely. there's, oh, there's never one, there's never a lookalike in those yeah. situations because it's always a deeper meaning, right? And it's normally they've attached some type of worth around achieving that goal it's big with athletes right because athletes have always been taught to like you know you have to work hard to reach this goal and like that's what you have to do um and they tie their worth to reaching a goal versus tying their worth just in existing of who they are right um and so yeah it's really tough and honestly that's where i think you know you throw fitness aside a bit and you start to think hey like why are we you know, putting this pressure on ourselves to, to, to look this way or like, um, like, like what's the, like, what is this? What is this getting us? Like what happens when we get to this point? Like, like, and I'll often have exercises with clients where I have them, let's say that you got, you got, you know, ab veins, all, all that, like how, like what happens then? Like what, how does that make your life better? Like in, in what ways and getting them to think about like less about the result and more about the feeling that they want from the result. And then from there working backwards and thinking, okay, well, you know, is getting, is, is doing that the best way to get that feeling? Or can we get that feeling a lot easier just through doing some, you know, some like personal development stuff as well? Right. Absolutely. I think being able to like reestablish who you're, who you are, what your identity is and like, like having all of that not caught up in your aesthetics. Like I, not that there's anything wrong with your aesthetics, but like, I think having your identity caught up in something that can fluctuate like that is dangerous. Yeah. Very much so. It's funny, like you you talked about like people having resistance with like rehearsing or maintenance or anything. I've had lots of situations where, um, you know, in, whenever I bring on a client, oftentimes I like to start them a little bit more aggressively from like a motivation. It depends on like where I feel like they're at mentally, but like I often find being a little bit more aggressive in the beginning helps with like just because they're coming to me to lose weight. And so I don't want them to come to me as a client and I say, okay, we're not going to lose weight. We're going to do this instead because then they're immediately going to get demotivated. It takes some time to build that trust. Um, but what I've often done with people is I've started them more aggressive. And then we, I basically said, hey, so now we're going to take a break. And during this break, like once I've built some trust with them, right? And I've shown them, hey, I can get you results. Now let me now trust me even more. I've had clients who could definitely keep losing weight but I said, hey, I actually want to take a month and not lose weight only because I want you to see, like, I want to help you, like, get over this need to always be making progress and things. And that's not necessarily, you know, they're coming to me to lose weight and now I'm telling them to do this. So sometimes it's like a harder, like, transition, but normally they trust me at that point whenever I would do that. But I think it's important for people to, like, sometimes, like, hey, what if we stopped working towards that goal just temporarily because it's really stressing you out right now? And then we can always come back to this goal because it's you can always lose more fat. It's not, it's not going away, right? <laughs> the thing is not changing. It's not like this is your one chance. And how can I get you to a headspace where you'd be okay if you didn't lose any more weight even, right? Or like, and that's when we can start maybe focusing more on like, you know, why they're eating certain foods, like making healthier choices and stuff, and then diving back into weight loss when they're in a better place mentally. 
Mm-hmm, for sure. I think there's one thing I've been leaning into a lot is um, this is, I've been actually having to like really reaffirm this with myself, not just like, not like really not for me, it's not really fitness related. It's other areas in life, but like I've been doing this with a lot of our like weight loss clients with, which is reminding them once you get there, you're going to want to be somewhere else immediately. Yeah. Like, like at the end of the day, it's like, like, how, like how many, like coming up in business the, for the goal is, all right, let's, let's make 50 grand. As soon as you make 50 grand, it's like, well, I want to make a hundred now. As soon yeah. as you make a hundred, it's like, well, I want to make 500 now. Well, then it's like, oh, I want to make a million now. And it's like, not that there's wrong, anything wrong with setting big and outlandish goals, but like, there's also something to be said about as soon as you get there, you're going to want to be somewhere else. So as soon as someone gets those ab veins, you're now going to be dissatisfied and you're going to want to be somewhere else. Um, you're going to want to get even leaner where, um, it's actually where I first heard that. I can't remember what it was for. It was actually on a commercial. It was on like a Hulu commercial where it was this robot bartender, like in this like weird universe. And there's one guy at the bar and, and he goes, all right, bartender, lay it on me. What's your best piece of advice? He goes, I bet right now there's somewhere else you would rather be. But I bet if you were there, you would find somewhere else you would rather be. So your life is a perpetual state of you wanting to be somewhere not where you are. And I'm like, I'm trying to enjoy my lunch and Hulu's getting and, and Hulu's like hitting me in the face right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's something to be said for that. Well, and I think too, especially like comparing fitness to business, right? Fitness, I think, is an even more difficult thing. Because with business, it's like, you know, you could keep growing, growing, growing. And so it's, uh, there's a lot of people who I think are like addicted to business and, you know, it's very socially acceptable, right? Cause it's like, you know, whatever. Hustle culture but, and diet culture is the same thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but I do think one unique thing about fitness is that eventually it's going to reach a point, like it's going it, to, success is going to be whenever fitness is like a, a automatic part of your life that's adding value. And it doesn't, you don't always necessarily, like I'm at a point now where I don't really have any fitness goals outside of like making gym progress, but like even the rate of progress I'm making in the gym isn't so important to me that like it's like, you know what I'm saying? And so I think that's what gets really hard for people is like, it's good. you're going to reach a point where like you don't have a next goal with fitness other than just maintaining, right? And just like kind of now enjoying like the, the fruits of your labor, right? And and staying there. Um so that's what can be tough. And that's why I, I really work on that stuff while we're losing weight, right? It's and so like, important. And teaching people to like be okay with like slower progress and even taking these breaks whenever they want to take breaks and like, you know, encouraging it because it, you're right. It's hard because like you're, you're going to reach that goal and it's ultimately not going to feel satisfying enough if all you've ever cared about was getting to that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's interesting you, when you said that teaching people to enjoy the fruits of, the, of their labor, we do the same thing, but I find that's actually where we get some of the most resistance because it goes back to that whole, like, once you get somewhere, you're going to want to be somewhere else. Cause how many times do you hear, Hey, you're down, like your inches are losing, but my scale isn't down yet. Or like, Hey, you lost 33 pounds uh, in the past few weeks. Well, but my clothes still don't fit. Or like, hey, you're half. You, you literally are down. You're officially your first thirty pounds. I still got eighty to lose. And it's like, it goes back to like they most people I think just flat out deny any of their progress. So then when they get there, if the whole journey over the course of the last year they've denied, denied, denied. It's not good enough. I should be further ahead. I'm still a piece of shit. Then they finally get where they want to be, and they're like, wow, I was happier when I was fat. Yeah. Well, I think too, I think people naturally like, especially with weight loss, because there's probably a lot of negative motivation 
coming into the reason because that's the reality. People are negatively motivated to to lose weight, right? Uh, most of the time, right? It's um, their doctor said that they're going to die if they keep doing what they're currently doing. Um, they feel they don't have confidence in themselves. Like it's very rare for someone to come to me who says like. I'm actually really happy right now. And like, I really just want, to show my, I just want to show myself love and keep doing yeah. this. It's like never that, right? No. Um, and that's why I think people focus so much on the negative of of stuff. Like, well, I haven't lost enough weight or I haven't dropped enough inches. Um, and, and it's hard. I mean, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's kind of where like, it, it, the hard part about fitness is like really getting people to switch out of thinking of it, like remove, like, making it less goal oriented and more like lifestyle oriented um, is definitely the hardest part. And and really, I think the only solution to doing that is time, right? Because I don't think you can ever tell somebody because you can say it all day long, but until they feel it and they like see it for themselves, it's never, it's never going to happen. Um, and that's why I think like it's so important as a coach to throughout the process, like throwing in, sprinkling in like these long-term, like think the, like this long-term kind of thinking throughout their, their weight loss journey. Right. And, and even like after a client loses weight, I always say like now, like, like losing weight, isn't the goal. Like that's just like the first leg of the race right now. Now it's, it's this other process, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. For, for person to person. You know? mm -hmm. Well, I think a lot of, I think to be honest, half of the people, it has to be forced because, because like you can't get over the fear of heights without being scared. You can't learn to be patient without impatience. You can't be learn discipline without like not wanting to do the thing. It's why like it takes no discipline to kill a whole pizza. Cause it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's, it, to get the, the thing we, that we want in most cases, I find like if someone's scared to eat cookies, Priority number one is eat the fucking cookies. You're scared to go maintenance. Let's go maintenance. You're scared of heights. Let's get on the ladder because we can't in no world. Can we get the one without the other? So, yeah, no, you're hundred percent right in that. Man, dude, this has been fucking fire. I can't believe we've already blasted through 45 minutes. That's crazy. Oh, shit. Have we really? Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Oh, damn. This is so good. Dude, I think last time we did a podcast, I was in a closet on my phone. I'm like, Hey, what's up, Carter? Like, and I didn't, were you using a, what was that app called anchor? I yeah. think is what we were doing. Well, what's funny yeah. is I, I still host in anchor. I just record everywhere else. Anchor's anchor still cool for hosting, but I record into, into a bunch of other stuff, but yeah. So man, man, dude, this has been fucking fire. I really appreciate you doing this. Um, where can people find you when they're like, yo, I like this Carter vibe. So where is, where's that bastard at? <laughs> yeah. So right now, um, Instagram is really the main one. Um, I'm not on Jared's level yet of, uh, conquering all the, all the platforms yet. Uh, <laughs> hopefully soon. <laughs> yeah. Soon though, soon though, like no, there's a podcast on the horizon and things, but right now the best place to follow you is on Instagram. Somebody's like interested just in like learning, maybe like, uh, like more of my philosophy, which again, if you go through my stuff, you're going to be like, this is me and Jared are very aligned in what we talk about. Um, I think a good place to start is like, if they go to leanerforlife.com slash fast, or I'm sorry, wrong URL, right <laughs> URL. It's a, uh, it's, we actually, we got our ad account hacked. And so like, oh, we can't no. use our main domain. It's this whole process right now. Shit. Like, but so everything's moving over to my personal, uh, website right now. So if you go to cartergood.com slash fast dash track. Um, it's just like an email course, seven days. And basically just in the seven days, you're going to like learn a lot about my story. And then like, you know, the sort of like the, um, the, the switch that happened, uh, the mental switch and like talk about how I now approach fitness and how I do it with clients. And so, so anyone's interested, I guess, in just learning more of the, from the philosophy I have, um, that'd be a good place to kind of get a good summary of it all. I love it, man, dude, this has been fucking great. I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, dude. Thanks so much. This is awesome course, man. I'll talk to you soon.
And we're back. What a episode. I know if you stuck around for this long, you got a lot of value on the podcast. And I know you've got some gold nuggets that you're going to be able to take to the bank and really apply to your own situation. And that's that's my whole intention with this, guys, is I just want you to be able to take this information and have some aha moments and go change your life and thrive and live to the best life that you can. Um, and if you don't know how to do it on your own, that's what we're here for. Like literally, I just want you to go, you know what, if it's time for me to get help, I want you to come back here. And that's my goal. So with that being said, though, there is a lot of stuff stuff for you in the description. So number one in the description is all of Carter's contact information. If you're like, yo, Carter's dope. I want to reach out to Carter, start following him. If you do reach out to him and be like, yo, I heard you on Jared's podcast. I heard you on Jared's podcast and just flood his DMs. I'd mean a lot. But then also I have a few other things. Number one, because you're a podcast listener and um, I have a special place in my heart for all podcast listeners. I have a special coaching offer. If you're like, fuck, I need help with all this and you want us to help you, then you can apply for coaching down at the link below. And it's really cool because um, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of shit for free. So I'm going to give you like $4,000 worth of stuff for free just because you're from the podcast. Um, I have a lot. I'm not going to get into what all of it is because I want it to be a surprise. And you're gonna be like, holy shit, I can't believe you're giving that away for free because I was on the podcast. So if you apply for coaching and assuming you get accepted, because again, we only work with people we know we can help and we only take out, take a certain amount of clients per month that we can actually onboard into coaching. So uh, definitely apply below. And then assuming you get accepted and things are, things go well with that, then I have like $4,000 worth of extras for you that like most people pay for. So that's down below. Um, and then you also get to go to the front of the line because you came from the podcast. So like when a bunch of people apply for coaching and like, let's say we can't take everybody or whatever the case is, like you're at the front of the line because you came from the podcast. So definitely check that out. And if you're like, fuck, let's do this. Just hit it, schedule a call with my team. That way we can make sure things are a good fit. Then we can talk about the possibility of working together. But then I also have other free, free stuff for you. I have, um, if you don't have a home base, if you don't have a place where you can go to, to get loved on, get support, get help and get, get information then you'll want to join Fat Loss Simplified. It's my free Facebook community. It is your home base. And I promise if you like this kind of content, you'll love it there. But you definitely want to join. The link down is below. Wow, words are hard today. The link to join is below. Then I also have my fat loss um, checklist. It is my free five-day course. So let's say you're brand new to my content. Let's say you're brand new to like, I don't even know where to look right now. I have a resource for you. I have a five-day email course where I walk you through all of like the A to Z's of weight loss, get you to unlearn all your old bullshit, show you what actually matters. And you're going to go, that's all I needed. Are you kidding me? And that's down there below. You'll want to go through it. And also if you're not following, following me on my other socials, you'll want to do that as well. But otherwise I appreciate the fuck out of you. I will talk to you. I'll talk to you in the next episode. I don't know why my mouth is not cooperating. Sometimes my brain and mouth are just like spatting and don't get along. But anyway, we're the one take wonder here. We're not cutting this. Otherwise I love you. And I will talk to you next time.